76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 welcome back to Locked On 76ers. I'm your host, Keith Pompey. It's May the 3rd, Friday. The Sixers destroyed the Raptors in Game 3 last night, 116-95. I have Mark Narducci on his phone having a good time getting stats. I have Mike Silski on the other side looking at me like I'm crazy. So, hello, fellas. How are you guys doing this tired. morning? Tired. Tired. We're, we're, we're doing a lot better than the Raptors, I'll tell you that. Ooh. Low bar to clear there. <laughs> Ouch. I mean, you so y'all don't think the Raptors would come back and win this? I would be surprised if that happened based oh. on what has happened in these last two games. Okay. All right. Well, before we get into that right now, just to let you guys know, of course, the Sixers have a 2-1 lead over the Raptors. Um, game four is going to be Sunday. But what we're going to do today in this podcast, we're going to do what we normally do, break it down in three segments. The first segment, we have to talk about Joel Embiid. He went, like finally had a great game against the Raptors, finally had a great game against Marcus Gasol. So we'll talk about that in the first segment. The second segment, we're going to talk about the Raptors. You know, the Raptors, I mean, without Kawhi Leonard, they're weak. And one of my buddies, uh, T. Will, said that Kawhi had a quiet 35, so we'll talk about that too. There was nothing quiet about that, T. Will. And then in the third segment, we're going to talk about the ramifications of game four. So, hey, y'all, just talk about what Joel Embiid did, and you start. Yeah, no, I ended up writing my column about him. Uh, it was incredible. I mean, don't so, read it in tomorrow's Inquirer. It's like not read it. It's a great <laughs> column, Mike Silski on Joel Embiid. Um, read it this morning. Are you finished interrupting me now? No. Nah, All right, you be kind to the listeners and, and let me provide my insight. So, Embiid <laughs> had thirty three points, ten rebounds, five block shots, and was a plus thirty one in only twenty eight minutes. That's nuts, especially considering a he's coming off a game where because of, you know, his, his insides were basically a teacup ride um, and he was drained of his energy and fluids and all this stuff. And B, he had for two games gone against Marc Gasol, who's one of the best defensive centers in the league, and Gasol had, owned his, had eaten his lunch. Embiid was 7-25 from the field, uh, had scored 28 points total in the first two games, couldn't do anything offensively. And what you saw tonight to me was the value of his ability to shoot from the outside and play in a two-man game with either Jimmy Butler or J.J. Redick. Butler had 22. Redick only had 15, but was very efficient. Didn't need a lot of shots to get those 15 points. And Embiid's ability to play with those guys and to draw Gasol, whoever was guarding him, away from the basket just opened everything up um, for everything else the Sixers wanted to do offensively. And so if he continues to shoot the ball from the outside the way he did tonight— I don't see how the Raptors really have an answer for him. Um, I don't know, Mark. Maybe you saw something different. But. No, I didn't, Mike. Uh, and the thing is, what I, what I came out of thinking about Embiid is, it's the first game really in a while where we didn't worry about his health. And, and I always say, I always know when Embiid is, is healthy is when he's making free throws. He was 12 for 13. A lot of times, if he's not in shape or, or feeling good, he, he's tired, he's missing them. He wasn't missing them. And, and 
he looks healthy, and if he keeps getting healthy, I I agree with you, Mike. I don't I don't think Toronto has any any kind of answers, and you can't expect him to go three for four from three point range every time. But he did do that tonight, so or he did do that on on Thursday. So um, they just had no answers for him, and now he's going to start getting a little more confident and. Wow, yeah. watch out. The irony is he started off terribly. He turned the ball over the first time he touched it, and within the first couple of minutes in the game, Reddick threw a pass like right in his face. He hit him in the face yeah. with the ball. Um, you know, given the choice between that and some gastrointestinal issues, I think it might take the, you know, the, the, the illness. But, um, boy, he rallied and, just, and was terrific all night. And, you know, as we said, I don't know what Toronto does. Gasol can't get out on him to defend him on the perimeter like that. Um, and, you know, the Sixers have enough firepower that even if Gasol, you know, fends him off against the basket, you saw a couple times, and Embiid was able to find open men on the perimeter as well. And, and what he does on the defensive end, too, I thought Toronto stopped, stopped taking it to the basket after a while because they – and then they, they were forced to be jump shooters, and they've been awful jump shooters. They've been awful three-point shooters minus Kawhi in this series. Yeah, you know, the, the thing is – you know, it was good for MB to to basically do what he did tonight or last night. You know, the the, the funny thing is, it's kind of like whenever you see someone struggle, and they struggle, like not just one game but two times more than once against a certain guy, you always want to play pay close attention because if you're a winner, if you're a champion you're going to find a way to come out and do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that says a lot about his leadership and about him. And he found a way. I yeah. mean, he honestly found a way, and he came out and he did it. And he attacked. And the thing about it is, you know, sometimes what they have is in the mornings of game days, they don't have shoot-around, but they have certain players who show up. And mm. B showed up this morning, ah. right? He gets there. He normally doesn't. But he shows up, and people are like, oh, you know what I mean? And he put in some work. And so that's a great sign. Now, again, my thing is for him is, like, you know, keep it up, big fella. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Keep doing this. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep coming into the gym, doing all those other things because, you know, they're going to need an effort like that. Yeah. And and you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. Playing against Kawhi Leonard – is probably good for him because he sees that. Mark will tell you, we were in Toronto, and I believe, Mark, what was it, before game, was it before game one or game two? No, it was game, it was game two. Um, well, it was one of those days, but all I know is they had to, they couldn't do the shoot-around. They had to postpone the shoot-around media availability a half an hour because Kawhi Leonard, was on the floor shooting. getting shooting, and he sh- and he closed all the curtains. He didn't want anyone in there, and he put it. And he went out there and he worked hard. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whoa, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, that was before game two. That was before game two. Yeah. Let me tell you another thing, uh, Keith. I went on Thursday morning to the Raptors shoot around. The Sixers didn't have one, as Keith mentioned. Who was there before the Raptors at the Wells Fargo Center? But Jimmy Butler, and he was putting up yeah, shots. Yeah. And Keith, you saw it in, in New York when, when they had yeah, the shoot-arounds before the uh, Brooklyn games. He'd be there 45 minutes before the Sixers shoot-around. 
Here's Butler taking all these jump shots before the Raptors even got on the court. Yeah, but see, and that, the thing is, but that's that, that's Butler's mo too. And yeah. then I, when you know what, it's kind of like to me, it's kind of like when your parent, like you know how it is, you know, you know, your parent will tell you, "Hey, I don't think you should do that," and you're like, "Oh, what do you know? You're my mom. You're my dad." That's Jimmy Butler saying, "Hey, Joe." You know, won't you come in early and do this and do that? But then when you see a guy like Kawhi, yeah. a guy who is like Jimmy Butler, self-made. Mm-hmm. But let's face it, Kawhi is the best small forward in the league oh, right yeah. now. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, you see that and you're like, wow. But also, I think more so, I think he he didn't like the performances that he had. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to come out there and prove to people that I am this great guy. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, this segues nicely into what you wanted to talk about in the segment, second segment, which is that without Kawhi Leonard, the Raptors cannot in any way match what the Sixers are doing here. I mean, the only reason they were in this game at all was because of Kawhi Leonard. You're right. And when we get right back, we'll address that. So, that to me, if I'm Nick Nurse, that is a scary, scary thing to see the way my team performed tonight, particularly when Leonard is on the bench. You know, it was bad enough that they needed him to score the 14 points in the third quarter to cut what was, I guess, an 18-point lead down to nine uh, by the end of three quarters. Great. It was 89-81 after three. Um, which is still, a, you know, it's a significant difference. An eight-point lead is not, is not, you know, that's not really even a close game yet. Um, but he was on the bench, Mark, I think you pointed out, he was on the bench at the start of the fourth quarter when everybody in the world knows that the Sixers start every fourth quarter with their starting five. And Nurse had Leonard on the bench, and the Sixers, that was it. That was all the impetus they needed. They, they, they put their foot to the gas, and that was that. Yep, the game, the game ended. Um... I think that it's becoming evident that the Sixers could say, let's give Kawhi his 30 or his 35, and let's let the other guys beat us. And the other guys haven't been able to do it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, you know, here's the thing about Nick Nurse. Um, you know, you know, in pregame and then afterwards and even after the last game, I think, you know, he keeps thinking of worrying about his team. He's like looking down the stat sheet and he's saying, well, you know what? My guys just aren't making shots. You know, once they start making shots, everything is fine. Well, you know, you just can't base everything on that. Like you can't say, okay, you know, you know, if, 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 if the sun shined 24 hours, then, you know, you wouldn't have any daylight. You know what I mean? You wouldn't have any nightlight. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, come on, bro. Yeah. Like, I mean, it comes a point in time yeah. when... If you we just have some have ham, to, we can make a ham sandwich yeah, and we had some it, bread. Yeah. yeah. It, like, it comes to a, day, a point in time when you just have to make some adjustments. Yeah. And you know, like you said, he knew that the 76 would do that. And he said, well, you know, we have to keep doing what we're doing. Well... Right now, in the Sixers rotation, you know, they have an eight-man rotation. And the rest of it, but the starters are paying a bulk of the minutes. Right. You, you Come on, bro. You got to keep Kawhi. Because, like, you know, you said, Kawhi wasn't in the game at that point in the start of the fourth quarter. And next thing you know, the Sixers go on a running. It's over. Yeah. The game is over. And I think they've got bigger – they've got issues beyond that, too, which is to say Kyle Lowry played terribly 
in game three. He was not good. And to get back to your point, Keith, the idea that they're just going to make shots. I don't know that Lowry made a shot that wasn't a breakaway layup tonight. You know, and that's that's an issue. You know, everybody talks about the problems the Sixers ha- can have in a half-court set because of Ben Simmons and his refusal to shoot from the outside. The flip side of that is Simmons creates problems defensively for any other team in a half-court. He's defended Leonard better than anybody else in this series, and that's not saying a whole lot because Leonard's been productive against him too. But he's at least quelled him a little bit. And Lowry has done nothing in the half-court. He's done absolutely nothing. He's been awful. And... That is a real problem for the Raptors because Gasol can't create his own shot. Danny Green is a guy that they just kind of find when they work the ball around. Leonard's the only guy they have that they can go to and say, go get us some points, Kawhi. The Sixers have Embiid. The Sixers have Butler. They can run plays for Harris and Redick. And Simmons can create off the dribble. They've got more options than the Raptors do. You know, Lowry... You take away the fourth quarter of game two when he hit a couple big threes. He's, he's really been ineffective the whole series. Yeah. Uh, and this supporting cast, and you take away uh, Siakam's game one, and he hasn't shown up the last two games. So they're dying to get somebody to help, help Kawhi a little bit, and they're not doing it. One other thing I want to say about Nurse. Did you notice when Embiid would go out of the game, he would leave Gasol in the game? Yes. And then Embiid would come back in and Gasol would take a break. Yeah. You kind of have to look at this and say, when we want Embiid in, we want Gasol in there because Ibaka, he just can't handle There's nobody else who can possibly defend him. Right. You're right. Right. This is what the deal is. The deal is, you know, Brett Brown is making adjustments. This guy is saying, no, Mm -hmm. we're, you know. We, We are who we are. We are who we are. And we have the better team. In his opinion, you know, we're the number two seed. We're supposed to win this. They have to adjust to us. But he's not making adjustments. You know what this reminds me of? Brett Brown is playing the role of Brad, Brad Stevens. Stevens last year. And Nurse is playing the role of Brett Brown of a year ago. Maybe. There may be something to that. You know, it's one thing to go against the Orlando Magic, a team <laughs> you're, you're definitely superior to. It's another thing to play a team who you probably are better than, but... Over the course of a series where you see them over and over and over again, and the fact that, you know, as Butler said after uh, Thursday's game, the Sixers just have good players. And as long as they are willing to share the ball and do what kind of ought to come naturally to five guys who can really play on the floor, they're going to be in pretty good shape. Um, and you saw that certainly in Game 3. And one other thing, James Ennis has quietly had a very, very good series. Yes, he has. He's, he's really he's given them a, a lot. Yes. I mean, on Thursday, uh, Mike, he was a plus 20 off That's the crazy. bench. That's crazy. Yeah. And they got Mike Scott back. Well, why is it crazy? Why is it crazy? Yeah. Just because he's that effective. I mean, he's a good player. but no, I'm just messing with you. What do you, we use James Ennis long lost? No, nah, I just think, no. <laughs> right, uh, I mean. You want a payroll? I mean, James if he wants, Ennis payroll. I mean, like, hey, look, James. You Why don't you get James on Ennis on this podcast and kick Mark off? Be, because I have to be on the James Ennis payroll. <laughs> <on> the podcast. <laughs> only, right. only joking. Nah, so nah, it, it, it's good. Yeah, James has um, provided a lift. But, you know, I don't know. I, I don't think that they're quite at that point. In series, there comes to points where you know one team is like, hey, y'all, we're going to Cancun next week. I don't think they hit they hit that point yet. I, I don't. I mean, you were in that locker room 
last night. I wasn't. I mean, I don't think they hit it yet. Do you? I think they hit the point where there's some doubt, Keith. No, I, I don't yeah. think they think it's over. But now I think there's some doubt. When you're saying stuff about we've got to match their physicality, you know what that means? We've got to play hard. How can you not play hard in the playoffs and, and admit that the other team is just clearly playing harder than you are? I think they're starting to question themselves a little bit. I'm not, I don't think they think it's over, but I think there's some doubt. Okay. You think there's some doubt as well? If there isn't, there should be. Mm. You think the coach is going to make adjustments? I'm not so sure about that. We'll see. Is he an interim coach or has he had a real job? <laughs> just messing, just messing. All right, y'all. In this uh, next segment, we're going to talk about uh, the ramifications of Game Four when we get right back from this commercial break. All right. So, Mark, in your eyes, what are the ramifications of Game Four? If the Raptors don't win, the series is over, in my opinion, Keith, because the. The doubt that uh, we talked about in the other segment that, that is creeping in a little bit is going to be really in full force. The Sixers already proved they can win in Toronto, so that's, that's not a problem. Their confidence will be sky high, which would be three wins in a row. I, I, don't, I don't see it going beyond five if, if, if they don't come and win on Sunday. I tend to agree with Mark, and, and here's the interesting part of this to me is Toronto has gotten the label, you know, it's, it's very easy, it's kind of shorthand in sports to look back at a team's recent history and say, well, this is what's going to happen now. You could do that with the Sixers or the Raptors. You know, we, we, Mark mentioned Brad Stevens in the Celtics series last year and how the Sixers appeared not quite ready for prime time. You can go back over the last several years where the Raptors would run into LeBron and the Cavs year after year after year, and, you know, it became this thing. They couldn't beat LeBron. Now, this Raptors team is different in that those previous ones didn't have Kawhi Leonard. They had DeMar DeRozan. Didn't have Marcus Gasol, who they got at the deadline this year. This Sixers team is really different, you know, with the two big midseason trades. So I'm not sure necessarily that for the Sixers, that look back to last year has much relevance because they are so different as a team from the one that lost to the Celtics. That said, I wonder if this Raptors team changed enough to overcome that history. Lowry was still a big part of it. And, you're, and you've seen from these last couple of games, as great as Leonard has been throughout this series, he got very little help in games two and three. And Lowry is a thread through all of that. I don't want to sound like I'm blaming Kyle Lowry, but I wonder if there's some residue, just enough from those last few years that that says, you know what, we're not quite ready for this one either. You know, I, I, I really like Toronto heading into this series, but from what I've seen in these last two games, I, if I were a Raptors fan, I'd be disappointed in this team over those la- these last two games and what I'm seeing. It was almost like they weren't quite ready to take a counterpunch from the Sixers. I agree. You know, I agree. I mean, I, I wasn't expecting this. I mean, yeah. you know, the way the Sixers, you know, the last game should have been a blowout too, but the Sixers just kept turning the ball over. And, you know, I don't think, like I said, I don't think it's over yet, quite yet. But the way that I'm seeing how they're playing, I mean, they look like a guy, a team with an all-star, a bunch of old dudes, and 
and a couple guys who are just young and, and like up and coming and not quite there yet. You know what I'm saying? Gasol is 34. Lowry is 33. Mm-hmm. You know, and... How old is Serge? Well, he's got to be at least 33, I think. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, you, you know these guys, they look... I mean, but the thing is, they're a good basketball team. Like, you can argue that they were the best team in the regular season. Yeah. You know, based off of... And, I, and like I said, if it was a fifth, we all be drunk, you know. But if Kawhi would have played more games than what he has, he only played 60 games yeah. this year. Because they wanted to rest them. But, I mean, I, I'm expecting them to, to come out and, and play with some fire in game five or game four. I'm not saying they'll win. You know what I mean? Um, to me, the Sixers, you know, the, the, way, the way Joel Embiid came out and showed me how he can handle business, the Sixers need to come out and show me yeah. how they can come out and and put it and like knock a team out when a team's yeah. down, a quality opponent. You know, you know what I mean. I will say this, you know, not to not to completely contradict what I just said about the Celtics series last year not meaning anything because the Sixers are so different as a team. I will say this, and Mark brought this up, and I think it's a valid point. You've seen a difference in this postseason to me from Brett Brown, in that he has coached the postseason. Less like the regular season. If you remember last year, the turning point to me of that Celtics series was the Sixers taking a 20-point lead or 22-point lead, whatever it was, in Game 2, and Brett kind of not stemming the tide when the Celtics made a run in the second quarter of that game. And the Celtics brought themselves all the way back, got within 4 or 5 at halftime, were back in the game, completely took momentum, and won that game. And the series was never the same after that. And, you know, Brett handled that situation as if it were game 45 of the regular season. As if he were like, let's find out if Dario Saric and Robert Covington and Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons can handle this. No more of that this year. It is, we lose game one of the Nets, we're changing some things around. At halftime of game two, I'm chewing these guys out. And maybe it's, you know, he's fearing for his job, whatever the case may be. Whatever it was, you saw a different Brett Brown in that first series, and you've seen adjustments in this series that he did not make in previous playoff runs. And how about at the beginning of Game 3 on Thursday where, again, he did not have Embiid on Siakam. He changed up again. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not – I think he's confusing the Raptors too. And I think right now Brett Brown's had a, had a very good series. I thought he had a good series against Brooklyn. And I thought – I think that Mike – any coach in this town, he might be under fire more than everybody because everyone's saying he has to go this far to keep his job and this and that. Well, he's done a pretty good job to this point. Yeah, yeah and the, the thing is, like you said, he didn't have him on Seattle in the beginning of the game, but he had him on him in the beginning of the third quarter. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So but he switched but, it yeah. up is what I'm saying, Keith. He's, yeah, yeah, he's, no, not, no, he's the, not being predictable. Uh, 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 and, I mean, I'm yeah. agreeing with you, but what yeah. I'm saying is it's yeah. kind of like – so he's not being predictable, but so you go in the halftime, you you go in the halftime, and you're saying like, okay, this is what he's doing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you come out there and they're like, coach, but he he went back to something different. Mm-hmm. But look, I you know we've been talking for a while, my man Mike. I know I don't want to t- you know keep all your time. I know you're a busy person winning awards and everything. Will you shut up about so, that stuff. So. I got an hour long drive home. I looked at my watch because I got an hour long drive home. It's got nothing to do with my time. I enjoy spending my time with you two. Usually, 
<laughs> Are we average? <laughs> so, but look. Well, Mark's above average. I don't know. Okay, I'm a little below. Subpar, <laughs> subpar. Sub but, um, hey, I want to thank y'all for listening. I want to thank you guys for being on this podcast. And I want you guys to enjoy this day and enjoy this weekend. And we'll be back on Monday. Peace.